We're going to go to Luke chapter 17 and we will read from verse 11 onwards. Luke chapter 17 and from verse 11 onwards. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Praise be to God. There are several things the Spirit of God wants to speak to us this night. And we're going to close our eyes one more time and please pray this prayer after me before we go into God's Word. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he, then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I want to stop right here for a moment so that we focus on what the Spirit of the Lord wants to focus on at this hour. Jesus Christ is moving from one location to the other. He had God's agenda for that day. And as he was going, there were these lepers who were outside the city who heard about Jesus Christ who somehow came to know that Jesus was going to pass by that side and so they got ready, they prepared to receive their miracle. They prepared themselves to receive their miracle. Receiving what God has for us takes preparation. Receiving that which God has for us takes preparation. If you're taking notes, write this down. 
Preparation equals faith or faith equals preparation. If we believe that we are going to get something, then we're going to prepare ourselves for that something. If we don't believe that we're going to get something, then we're not going to prepare ourselves for that something. Very simple, but very profound. Those who have faith will act what they believe. Those who have faith will do what they are believing in and believing for. If you believe that God will do something in your life, then you will prepare yourself for it. And you look at these people, lepers, in their day and age, leprosy was a disease that was incurable. Once a person is diagnosed with leprosy, a person is declared to be unclean, and they are put outside their family. They are sent outside the community. They become an outcast. They can no longer be with their people. There's no hope for them. Leprosy is a disease that has no cure. And those who have leprosy, they have no hope. When darkness is all over, when gross darkness, deep darkness is covering a certain community, a certain group of people, a certain individual. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking. Please pay close attention. As I see in the Spirit, some of you are getting distracted. The Holy Spirit says, pay attention to what the Spirit of God is speaking at this hour. Darkness and deep darkness covers a community, covers a family, covers an individual, in the midst of it, there are those who cry out to God. In the midst of it, there are those who look to Him for deliverance. Those who look to Him for deliverance, there comes this light that cuts through the darkness, that cuts through the deep darkness. It comes in order to deliver them. And when that light comes, that's when there's this faith that comes from within. It says, get up, there's hope. Get up and do this because you are going to get to your deliverance. Get up and do this because your light has come. Your night is going to be gone. Now, these people who did not have hope until they heard about Jesus, these people who were in a dark situation, where the light was never going to come, suddenly the light, the Lord Jesus Christ, came. Now, some people could have said, well, Jesus Christ is for the people who are inside the camp, not outside the camp. Jesus Christ is for the people, the Jewish people who are here. There are sick people here. But these sick people are not like those sick people because those are the outcasts, you see. These are sick people, but they're not the outcasts. And Jesus Christ has come. And he's come to the people who are within the community who are ill. Because we're lepers, you see. 
we cannot come and mingle with the people here. And he can't come and touch us because we're unclean. So hope is for them there and hope is not for us over here. Some people could have said that. Because there were many more people who were outside the camp than these ten lepers. Than the one leper who came to Jesus before. God is speaking to our hearts today. Many people never make it. You know why? Because they're full of excuses. And these excuses come from the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. No matter what excuses the enemy might have brought before them, through whomever it might have been, these people did not give room for that. These people gave room for the word of God. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. The word of God comes to us to quicken us in order to bless us. The word of Satan also comes to us in order to dampen the work of God that is taking place or to take away that which is about to come. See, even before it can land, Satan is just waiting. You know how you play ball? Before the ball can come to you, someone can come and just tap it away from you. Sometimes with some people, the ball can come so close and somebody can leap and just push it away. But there are some people, even if somebody tries to come, they know how to jump and they know how to catch it. Those are the ones who get it. Those are the ones who don't lose it. God is speaking to our hearts today. The Spirit of God in His Word has recorded very specific strategies. Those strategies are called tools of victory. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. We need to pay attention. Tools of victory are given by God so that we don't get defeated. Tools of victory have been given by God so that we don't lose that which God has for us. We don't let the devil come and take away that which God wants to give to us. What is yours is yours as long as you make sure you get it and not forfeit it. Now you can get it. You know, there are people who can get the ball and by the time they get the ball, someone can come and go push it like that. Oh, you got it in your hand, but what happened? It was gone. Before you could even know, your grip wasn't that tight. And also, your focus was not there. You just got so happy, I got the ball, and you looked somewhere else than somebody else. You didn't pay attention there. There was an enemy right here, an opponent right here, who came to just take it away from your hands. There are some people who think that I got it, but the ball falls right through. Some people get it, and they leave it, and it goes to the next person. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. What is yours? You need to hold on to it. You need to make sure you get it. You need to make sure you hold on to it. You need to make sure that no one takes it away from you. Faith equals preparation. You need to prepare your heart. You need to prepare your mind. Your mind is a battlefield. Your heart too. Your mind is your biggest battlefield. Faith equals preparation. Faith equals preparation. If 
you say that you have faith, as it says in the book of James, show it. Faith will always show itself in action. Faith talks, faith walks. Faith talks, faith walks. Now, these lepers are there. They are in and the leper colony. They're all the lepers are there. They get the word. The seed is coming, which is the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The word of God has come to the people who? People who are in darkness. The light of God is coming to them. Jesus came for those who were outside also. But they needed to make the effort to come to where Jesus is. Very similar to what the Lord spoke on Sunday. The importance of being where God works. Knowing the importance of being where God works. Being in Bethesda was the key for the paralyzed man to get healed. If he would have sat at home saying that, well, God can heal whenever he wants to, however he wants to. I don't have to go to Bethesda. Well, the angel of the Lord stirs the pool and they go there, but I can get healed in my house. There are people like that. I can pray in my own house and I can get healed and they stay sick. They say, well, I can stay home and I can pray and my marriage will get well. They end up losing everything. Well, I can stay home and uh, you know what? My husband will get free from alcohol or, you know, my kid will get set free from drugs. I'm praying. I'm a prayer warrior. Say all that you want. Not making use of what God has. That means if God has ordained Bethesda and you don't go to Bethesda and you say that, well, God doesn't have to work only through Bethesda. Well, if he said go to Bethesda, then that's how he works. If you sit at home and you pray, oh, Yahweh, who did this, you know, at the Red Sea and you did this in here and I believe all that and come do this for me, but you don't make it to Bethesda. At that point, you manifest pride equals rebellion equals disobedience that's not faith that's not faith when god has a means established we say that well i can pray i can stay at home and i can pray who said i have to go there by the way who are they why should i go there why can't I be here? Well, that's because he said it. Why can't I do this on my own? And you know what? That's at that point, there's some twisted theology that'll come where I say that, well, I am the church. Church is not just a place where believers are. I'm the church too. There are people who say that too. That's not the book of. There is the individual Jerusalem and then there is the physical Jerusalem. Each belong to the body of Jesus Christ. You can't take just a single eye and say, well, I is a body. No, I is part of a body. Every believer who belongs to the part of the body of Jesus Christ, make up the body of Jesus Christ. When they're in the body, that means they have to be where God wants them to be. In a local body where God has. Where God has. You need to be connected to. Otherwise, you'll be like some organ that's severed from the body somewhere else and claiming that well i am the body you're not we have to follow god ordained means and god ordained method when it comes to receiving god ordained blessings i want to repeat that 
We want to be people who make use of God-ordained means, make use of God-ordained methods, use that in order to receive God-ordained blessings, and it takes humility. If humility is not there, then faith is not going to be there. Arrogance will be there, but real faith will not be there. It's called the form of godliness minus power. I'll repeat that. Form of godliness minus power. That means those people are people who say all the right words, so to speak. They're not right, first of all. But it looks like it's right, but it's not. How can it be right when someone is in the wrong? You can't be right. So it's called deception. It's called deception. So when it comes to following the Lord has to be doing it God's way. God's things must be done God's way. And so here we see Jesus Christ was sent to his people, but his people came to where Jesus was. And the situations where exceptions were there, where the person cannot, was not able to go to where Jesus was, guess where he was? He was where he was told he should be. That means he was in Bethesda. In Bethesda. Unable to get to the pool, but he was in Bethesda. So it's very important not to twist God's word and not to take it in a twisted way where we think, well, God will do whatever he wants to, whenever he wants to, we can box him. And so I don't have to go to church and I don't have to be there where God is working. I can go anywhere I want to. And, you know, there are people like that 20 years, 30 years, still in bondage. Or they say, I don't have to go there because God is the one who heals. Yes, God is the one who heals. God has his way of doing it. And when God has ordained these five offices that God is placing, he says, I've given them as gifts to the body of Jesus Christ. So that the body of Jesus Christ, the members of the body of Jesus Christ, the church can benefit from it. And God has ordained and he has placed them for the people. When the people say, well, I don't have to go to them. I'll be where I am. You call that pride. That's not of God. That's not a trait that we see in Jesus. And that's not a trait from the kingdom of heaven. Absolutely not. So where is it coming from? It comes from Lucifer. Satan, who does not want believers to receive that which God has for them. What does he do? He gives or he transfers spiritual pride into people. We call the form of godliness minus power. To all those who have the platform for spiritual pride. When you have a pot that is open for spiritual pride, Satan will come and dump that spiritual pride into that person. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Where Jesus was, even though the lepers were isolated, even though the lepers were not with the common people, when they heard the word of God come to them through whomever would have been, The word was, Jesus heals. Light has come. Light has come. Light has come. When that word of God came to them, that this Jesus Christ, the prophet of all prophets, this Jesus Christ is here. Now, they didn't know that he was the Messiah. No. They knew this God ordained means is here. Even though it appears to be He's for those who are inside, not for the outside. You know what those people said? You know what? We know who God is. If he can do for those who are inside, he can do for those who are outside. And they said, we got to get inside. God is speaking to us today. 
God wants to do something in the lives of all those who humble themselves and make use of that which God has for them in their lives. It takes humility. It takes humility to receive God's blessings. Now, these people, what are they doing here? Let's read verse 12. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers. These people were set to receive healing and they traveled and they were coming towards Jesus Christ and Jesus was coming and they knew that Jesus was coming. And obviously someone who cared gave them the message that Jesus was coming that way. There's always some good news carriers, good news bearers who are there. Go and tell people, hey, Jesus is coming. Come get your healing. Jesus is coming. Come. These people, when they heard it, faith came. And you know why? Because they did not let the enemy block the word of God from them. No matter who says what, out of all the people, these 10 people decided we are going to where Jesus is. We're going to go meet him. We're going to go meet him. And Jesus is coming. And these people came and they met him. And what are they doing? They are lifting up their voices from far away because they're lepers. They are in the area where Jesus can be seen and heard. They know that this is Jesus. They know that this is Jesus. And they know if we cry from him, he can hear. So it's not like somewhere he was in some other town. No. They came to where Jesus was. And there they meet the Son of God. I don't think they knew he was the Son of God. They came to him. They would have known he's a prophet. Prophets are known for doing miracles. They would have thought he's a prophet. Somebody who's doing miracles, he's from God. We need to go to him. And so what happens? The faith is stimulated because God's word was allowed to go into them. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, God's word comes to us and then the enemy's words also comes to us. What are we giving room in our lives to receive? Are we going to receive the word of God and reject the words of Satan? Or are we going to say, Lord, I'm receiving your words, but then it's like the guy who comes and takes that ball away. You are allowing the enemy to come. His words come and just land over. It's like a hard rock that falls on that little plant and just crushes it. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. When the word of God comes to you, the enemy will try everything he can to snatch that out of you. How diligent are you in order to hold on to that which God has given? It takes preparation. These people were well prepared. They were well prepared no matter who said about not going there to where Jesus was. They said, we're not going to listen to that. They said, we have decided we're going to go there. And some would have said, well, you think you're going to get healed? What if you don't get healed? You're going to travel all the way there? I don't think there's any cure for this. It's not going to happen. So many negative things would have come across, would have come to them. They would have come across those words, those sounds, those ideas and thoughts and every bit of thing that Satan would have spewed from hell so that they 
let us stay bound to that disease called leprosy, which comes from Satan himself. Now, think about it. With all the opposition they faced, nothing stopped them from going to where Jesus Christ was. Just like the man who was by the pool of Bethesda. Nothing stopped him from staying there. That was the main point that God spoke to us on Sunday. Being where God wants you to be, staying put where God wants you to, in his presence, in his house. To receive what that which God has for you is the key. However God works in his house, he will work. But it's important to stay in his house, not in your house, but in his house. It's important to be where God is working and not say, well, God can work anywhere, anytime. And so I will stay home and I will pray. Stay home and pray. Keep praying. Keep on praying. Keep on staying home. Keep on doing your own thing. You won't receive anything. You know why? It's a manifestation of pride. Disobedience to God ordained means God is not going to do that. He's not obligated to do anything. Why should he? And why will he? He will not. God has spoken very clearly in his word, do this. It's very important for a believer who says, I believe in what he says, to simply do that which God has mentioned in his word. See here, Jesus is coming and he's coming to heal. He's in the town. These people came now there. And they said, we're going to stay where where we are. And not in the leper colony, out of the leper colony now. And we're going to come to where Jesus is and we're going to look at him and we're going to tell him, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. The first thing they sought from him was his mercy. Anytime God is moved with compassion, Healing just follows compassion. The heart of God has to be moved. God is a God who is moved when he sees suffering. And there are people who say that, well, I like suffering, I keep suffering, and I want to have suffering because I want everybody to know how much I'm suffering and I will stay suffering. Those people will not get any mercy from God because they want suffering. But there are others who are going through suffering and who say, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. They humble themselves and they come to God and say, have mercy on me. I want deliverance. I want healing. Such people, when they make the effort to do that which God has called them to do, will receive that which God has for them. So it takes preparation to receive that which God has for us. So what do these people do? What do they do in order to receive? In what way do they prepare themselves? Step number one was they closed their ears to everything that was from Satan. All the negative things saying that it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Why should he go? And it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because this is incurable. This is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. This is not going to happen because he's not for you. He's for them. This is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. This is not going to happen because it's a long way and people are going to cast stones at you and say, out of here. This is not going to happen. This is not going to happen because 
this healing is not for you. And you are meant to carry this, you see. This is your lot and this is your portion. And this is your fate. This is not going to happen. They shut their ears to all of these things. Step number one. Step number one is to really reject that which opposes God's blessing for your life. That's step number one. Because before that, step number one comes the grace of God that comes to you with the word of God. So when the word of God comes, you need to do certain things to prepare yourself. Not to let anything rob that which God has for you. So that preparation is to really reject everything that opposes the blessing of God from staying in you or from you inheriting the blessings of God. That's step number one. Rejecting everything that is from the enemy that comes against that which God wants to give to you. Step number two is once they decided we're not going to pay attention to anybody or anything that goes opposite to what news I heard, because that news was, the first news was, this is for you. That's the news. The word that came from God to them was, you too can get healed. Come and see. You too can get healed. Come, he will heal you. That's what motivated them. And when the opposite came from the other side, they said, we're not going to pay attention to this and we're going to reject that. They did that successfully. Now, when they did that successfully, the next thing was whatever tried to hold them down had no grip, no power. They were able to get up from where they were. That's step number two. Step number two was to get out of where they were, get to where God wanted them to get to which is where Jesus was. So step number one is once you receive the message of God from the messenger of God, whomever it may be that God would have sent you away and to say that, make it there, go there. It is so important for you to at that point not receive anything from the enemy, no bad news, no negative news, no uh, nothing opposite to what God has proclaimed. The invitation that came, that invitation should stay. If someone comes and says, well, that invitation is not for you. Well, that invitation is not going to work for you. Well, you're going to be put to shame. It is important to reject that. That's step number one. Step number two is once you reject that, you can say, well, I believe this is for me. I believe that I will get healed. I believe Jesus Christ was sent for me. I believe he will have compassion on me. If they say all the I believes and stayed there, do you think they would have gotten healed? No. No. So they would have sat there and fought their lives. Every lie that came from the enemy through whoever it is and fought with all those who were sitting there in that leper colony against everything that they believed. Do you think they would have gotten healed? No. Step number two is for them to get out of where they were. They said, we're going to get to where Jesus is, where the healer is, where that prophet is. We're going to get to where God is. If Christ has been sent to open the eyes of the blind, then I need to be where Christ is. It's important to recognize the work of God. 
It's important to recognize the worker of God and it's important to make use of that which God has for you to benefit from. It's important. That's wisdom. What did they do? They got up and they said, we're going. Step number two. So it was not just talk. Talk is important. That's step number one. Second is action. Faith talks and faith walks. So they rejected, they actively rejected everything that opposed their blessing, their healing. And now they're moving out of where they were, moving towards where God ordained means was there. Very important. It runs parallel to what God spoke from Sunday. The man who was by the pool of Bethesda, though he saw different things, though he heard different things, no, whatever it was, he said, I am not moving from this Bethesda. If I have to stay here, I will stay here, but I'm not moving out of here. Because so no, there's a place of healing. That's why he was healed. That's why he was healed. It's important for us to recognize and have that humility to receive that which God has for us. Now these guys moved out of there because they had faith. They believed that this healing that comes from Jesus Christ, that God has sent for us, is for us. How many of you believe that? This is for us. This is for us. It's not just for them. This is for us. This is for me. So these 10 men believe that this is for me. This is for me. You called it faith. So they prepared themselves. They said, we are going to reject everything that is against what God has for us, which is the word that came first. It said that this is for you. And then we're going to come away from this place and we're going to go towards that which God has for us because we believe this is for us. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Genuine faith will show itself in action. These people believed, the Bible says, I believed and therefore I spoke. They believed, they rejected whatever came from the enemy and they're taking steps towards what God has for them. Preparation involves rejecting the enemy's source. And that's how you actually keep that which has come to you. And then doing that which God wants you to do. So you reject the enemy who comes to steal, kill and destroy. And then you do that which you should do in order to receive that which God has for you. So in this case, they walked. The faith caused them to take that journey from where they were to where Jesus was. So when they went there, the next thing that they're doing is, you see, humility all along. Faith and humility are inseparable. Understand that true faith will have true humility. You cannot separate them. If someone says, I have faith and they look arrogant, that is not real faith because faith comes from God. 
In God's virtue is humility, not pride. Satan's counterfeit, so-called faith, will be mixed with arrogance and pride. You call that religiosity. Form of godliness. It's not the true faith. True faith will have true humility. And so you look at these people. They walk. They come to where Jesus was. That's humility. You are looking for that which God has for you. You don't say that, well, if God is God and if God really cares for me and if God really loves me, then let him come to where I am. And who's in need here? Who is in need here? If God, you know, there's some people say, oh, if Jesus really heals me, then, you know, all the hospitals, people in the hospital should be healed. Really? You think everybody's entitled for healing? That's arrogance. Why should God go and heal everybody in the hospital? Why? 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 If you need something, you go to him. If someone needs money, they want a loan, personal loan or auto loan or mortgage. They need to go to the mortgage company. They need to fill out the forms. They need to send the documents. And then the loan officer will process everything. Then he will say, if you're eligible or not. Based on your eligibility, you'll be qualified or disqualified. Well, that's what happens in the natural realm. But when it comes to the supernatural realm, how deceiving it is when people think that, well, I don't have to apply for anything. I don't have to ask for anything. If God is God, then he has to somehow do it. If God is God, then he has to somehow have the pastor call. If God is God, then he has to somehow come to me where you call that arrogance. You call that pride. You call that a lack of integrity. That is not of God. If you have a need, you make your way to where the source is and you humble yourself and you say, I have a need. That's what the source is. You want water, you go to where water is and you drink from it. You don't say, well, I need water. If, if water is there, let water come to me and you don't sit in your seat. Yes. When it comes to receiving that which God has for you, which he has graciously provided, it is important for you to make it to where God is, recognize the God-ordained God source, go and do what you should do in order to receive. You call that integrity, humility, and faith. And that is real faith. So when you look at these people here, out of all the lepers who were in the leper colony, they all had need. These people, not only did they recognize the need, but they knew that we can have our needs met. Definitely by Jesus Christ. That's faith. So they made it to where Jesus was. And now they're looking at Jesus and they're saying, Oh, Jesus, have mercy on us. Why? Because they knew he will have mercy on us. That's faith. So there he goes. They go, each one individually, together, collectively. They approach Jesus Christ and they say, have mercy on us. Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, verse 14. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priests. Jesus is looking at these people and he already knew that they were lepers. 
And he didn't ask a big history of, you know, how do you get your leprosy and, and how long have you had leprosy? And he didn't say any of these things. One sentence. He called it anointing. His anointing broke the yoke of that leprosy that Satan had placed upon those 10 people. He spoke to them when he spoke to them. He already spoke to the disease. And how do you know that? Their healing was dependent on their obedience to the word that came to them. The word was, go and show yourself to the priest. Like many times we hear in many people's testimony, we came to the pastor and pastor told us to do something. And after we did that, this happened. Why? I mean, there was a prayer that was there. There was this anointing that was released. But when did an anointing really take effect? When you did that which the Spirit of God told you to do through the servant of God. Because the servant of God carries the anointing of God. They stand in the place of God. We need to have that understanding. Then you see whatever that was told by God happen in your life. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. If the 10 people would have just heard what Jesus said, they would have just stood there and they said, have mercy on me, Lord, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, I still have leprosy, have mercy on me, Lord, have mercy on me, I still have leprosy, we came all the way from here, you're not saying be healed, you're telling us just go show you, how can we go show ourselves to the priest, Lord, we still have leprosy, if they would have stood there and cried out all the more, you think they would have gotten healed? No. No. Because that shows lack of faith, write this down. Disobedience to the commands of God, disobedience to the counsel of God that comes through the servants of God equals lack of faith will result in zero results. That's the truth. When God gives a counsel through God's servants, God ordained means, but God has his anointing and he says, the word is given now. You take that. And then after that, you keep on crying over and saying, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Nothing's going to happen. Because it shows lack of faith, active disobedience to what God has said, lack of faith. Same thing with Naaman. When prophet Elisha told Naaman, go and immerse yourself seven times in Jordan River. And Naaman said, well, I came all the way to Israel now. But I'm not going to go to the Jordan River. And he, he would have gone home like he originally thought he was going to he would have remained for the rest of his life as a leper even though he came to israel even though he came to the prophet's house even though he came to the land where god is the god over there he could have just stood there you think outside elisha's house and said oh god of israel i believe in you now heal me of my leprosy and if he directly prayed to god you think that he would have gotten healed from his leprosy no no because god's vessel instrument the prophet of god is right there and God is speaking through the prophet of God to go immerse yourself in the Jordan River. And there's a direct disobedience or rebellion that comes there. No amount of crying and praying and fasting on their own is going to do anything. Because it's an active expression of unbelief in what God is directly telling. And it's a rebellion. And it's not going to bring any blessing. Because God has already spoken. So we see here, Jesus Christ is looking at these people who had faith. He's telling them to do something. 
what is he doing? He's causing their faith to grow more, be tested more, because that contains the blessing. He could have just said, be thou made whole, and immediately the leprosy could have left. But he didn't do that. Every healing and every miracle that God does in our midst, in our church, is very different. Very different. And every time it's different. And so it's important to pay attention to how the Spirit of God is working in and to become partakers of what God is doing. See, like how when the prayer for healing was offered through the servants of God, she believed that and she laid hold of that. She didn't even know when she got healed because God healed her. But being active in what God is doing at that moment is very important because that's what faith is. We know that the word of God is coming from the pulpit for whatever it is. Or whatever it is. At that point, whatever the spirit of God releases through the servant of God from the pulpit or in a meeting like this, this is like pulpit. It's an online meeting. So whether it's a morning call or whether it's evening Bible study or whether it's a Sunday service or whether it's fasting prayer, whatever it is. When the spirit of God speaks for anything, a person who really is proactive in it and who says, this is for me. And you really pray and you seek the Lord and you make contact with the anointing of God that is released through the servant of God from the pulpit. You become a partaker of that at that point. So when it happens, is God's prerogative. So with these people, when it happens, is God's prerogative. What Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, we don't see here. Well, when they walked five steps away from Jesus, they were made whole. No, we know something. As they went, whichever distance it was, God had ordained at that point. It happened. But how did it happen? Did it happen when they came on their own before they saw Jesus? No. They made contact with the anointing of God, with the vessel of God that God had placed over there. They heard what the vessel of God said, and they did what the vessel of God told them to do. And there was the miracle when they walked. And their walk is not their own walk. Their walk is according to the voice of the Holy Spirit that came through Jesus Christ, and they walked. That's where they received the healing that came from God Almighty through Jesus Christ. God placed them there. Same thing goes for Naaman and Elisha. So God is speaking to us something very important here, very important principle that God has placed in this world. Jesus came and Jesus left. Now Jesus, when he left, he sent us the Holy Spirit and he has ordained. God ordained means he's ordained his servants here with the anointing of God to heal and to deliver. So it is important for us to understand the dynamics of that, we understand the power of God that flows and how it works. And not be self-sufficient and proud spiritually to say, well, it can happen anytime, anywhere, and and I'll just sit here and and do my own thing. It won't happen like that because that's not how it works. When you know that the Spirit of God is working. It is important to be where God is working. That's faith. And faith equals humility. Humility equals faith. And if true humility is there, you will receive. If true faith is there, you will have humility to receive. 
if humility is there, you will receive faith to receive the healing. If true faith is there, you will have humility with it. Otherwise, you're not going to have what God wants you to have because that is not real faith. So, go show yourselves to the priests was a command that came from Jesus Christ. Go do this. Once Jesus said this, what did they do? And so it was as they went. Where did they go? They went to where Jesus wanted them to go to, which was to show themselves to the priest. And you have in the Old Testament, the law of God, where if someone is healed of leprosy, after they are healed, they go to the priest and the priest will check them, make sure that they are fully healed. That's only when a miracle happens. Otherwise, there's no cure for leprosy. And so when the priest sees that they're fully healed, then they are sent back into this society that they can integrate again. They no longer have to be an outcast. They can be among the common people. So uh, only a person who is healed, after they're healed, they need to go to the priest. But Jesus Christ here, he's saying something to these people while they had leprosy. While visibly they were lepers, Jesus looks at them and says, go show yourselves to the priest. Oh. As if the leprosy is gone. You know why? When the word comes out of his mouth, it carries. That means the moment he said, leprosy lost its power. But you know what? When it actually becomes powerless in the physical realm, when the lepers obeyed what Jesus said. Same thing with Elisha and Naaman. The moment he said, when the moment the prophet said, go and immerse yourself seven times in Jordan River, healing was already given. That means the leprosy that was upon Naaman lost its power. Where? In the spiritual realm. When did it actually take place in the physical realm? When Naaman obeyed the voice of God that came through the prophet of God. That's when it actually took place in the physical realm. So when the servants of God, when those who are anointed of God, speak for God, what happens? Whatever needs to take place has been released in the spiritual realm. It's done. When do we actually inherit it in the physical realm? When we simply do that which we are told to do. That means whatever command is there attached to that, um, whatever um Whatever um, condition, whatever condition is attached, you know, to that promise, whatever condition is attached to the prophecy, when you fulfill that, then that which has been released in the spiritual realm now becomes manifested in the material realm. It just takes place. So it was that as they went, they were cleansed. So that which was released by Jesus Christ in the spiritual realm was received by the lepers in the physical realm when they obeyed what Jesus said in the physical realm. If you want to inherit that which God releases in the spiritual realm, right in the physical realm, you need to do what you need to do in the physical realm so that what God released in the spiritual realm can actually become active in the physical realm. I want to repeat this one more time as the Holy Spirit wants me to. 
If you want to inherit that which God releases in the spiritual realm, right into your physical realm, it is important for you to do that which you need to do in the physical realm so that you make that which God has released in the spiritual realm your own. That means that manifestation is going to take place. So now, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So what happened to one of them? Ten people got healed. Ten people got healed. And out of them, nine went their way. They just did what Jesus said, which was go show yourself to the priest. And they all went and went to show themselves to the priest. But something happened to this man. Out of the ten, one had this gratitude towards God and towards Jesus Christ. It was used by God to heal him. What did this man do? He ran. He ran back. He ran back to Jesus Christ. And he ran. And what did he do? With a loud voice, he glorified God. And just He fell at the feet of Jesus Christ. And he said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. And he said, thank you, Jesus. That's the right thing to do. Out of the ten, one had integrity. To come back and let Jesus know. I got healed. I was a leper all these years. This happened. I came expecting. And received from your hands. Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that he was going to get healed. Jesus knew that all ten were going to get healed. But one came back to let Jesus know. It's important. Many times when I pray for people, God already shows what is happening. God shows the result. And many, many times, many times out of the people that I've prayed for, only a handful of people will come back to give testimonies. Only a handful of people. The people who never spoke, spoke. The people who had cancer, wanted to go for surgery, and were crying, went all over to different places to get healed, did not get healed. One prayer on the phone, the cancer was gone. Surgery was canceled. Many people like this. Not a phone call to even let us know what God did. What do people do? They take the blessing and run. Run. They're so happy, they go. And then after that, they try to take ownership and try to take the glory of God that God has done through the vessel of God. What they try to do, they rob what God has done. And what else did they try to do? The light came from some other place. And what they try to do, they try to make it their own and try to say, well, 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 I'm going to hide that light. Well, you can't hide the sun. When God does a work in your life, you owe it to God, number one. Number two, you owe it to the vessel of God that God is using in your life. It's very important to know that. That gratitude to God and gratitude to the servants of God, God has used, must be there. Otherwise, you become like these nine people, ungrateful people. 
who received from God, they had the faith, they received from God, and they just went their way. But one person came back and Jesus is asking this question, where are the nine? God looks even to this day to every single person who comes and receives the blessing of God, healings from God, marriages restored, lives restored. God sees all of that. And God asks this question. Well, I've done so many miracles. Honey, for came back to the vessel of God that I've used to let them know what God has done for them and thank God and thank the vessel of God that God has used. How many of them do? How many of them have that gratitude? How many of them really have that grateful hearts? Where is it? How is it most people are? Ungrateful. God is looking for grateful people. Jesus Christ looked at this man who came back. He was going to the temple, right? All of them were going to the temple. And these guys who went to the temple, they're going to show themselves to the priests. And then they're supposed to offer an offering to the temple. God and glorify God and go. Why did he have to come back to Jesus Christ? Why did Jesus make that a big deal? Because it was a big deal. It's very important. It's very important because it was a big thing that God did through Jesus Christ in the lives of these lepers. Only one came back. Only one came back. And Jesus Christ is asking this question. Let's read this one more time. When read from 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice. See the spontaneous gratitude that was inside of this man. Spontaneous gratitude. He comes running like a little child. And he says, oh, thank you, Lord. He glorified God with a loud voice and fell down on his face at Jesus' feet. Because he was so grateful. Oh, Jesus. He took away my leprosy. Jesus, you gave me this healing. He just didn't do it in the temple. He came straight to the vessel of God. And he gave glory to God. It is very important. There's something that should be taught, should know, and should have it spontaneously, if not learned. It's important. Otherwise, it's a shameful thing. It's a very shameful thing. We as God's people should be grateful people. Our hearts must overflow with gratitude towards God. And how do we show that? The way this guy showed. Not just go there and say, well, I say 100 thank yous in my house, in my bedroom. I say 100 thank yous in the church by myself. No, 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 no. You see what Jesus points us out. They all went to the temple. Yeah. The rest of them went and thank God there. Jesus is asking this question, where are they? He knew that they all went to the temple. Where are they? That means he's saying, they should have been with you here. Where they go? How come they didn't come? And he points out to who this man was. He was a Samaritan. Jesus makes a big deal about where he came from also. It's important to God. It's important to God. It's important to God. May God give you a deeper understanding for your own blessing his own benefit. Now he says here, he falls down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. He glorified God and gave Jesus Christ thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? 
But where are the nine? Where are the nine? It's a big question. Important question. Look at this. This guy who loved the lepers had faith to come with the ten. Now left the nine had integrity and gratitude gratitude to come to Jesus Christ all alone. Left the nine and he came by himself to Jesus. And the nine would have seen, they said, where are you going? God healed us. We're going to the temple to give God thanks. Why? Where are you going? We have to go all the way now to Jesus to give him thanks? Well, you know, he's a prophet. That's his job to do. There are people like that who talk. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. Dangerous. It's a shameful thing. It's demonic. When thoughts like that come and words like that come out of the mouths of the people. Jesus Christ speaks over here. It is the job of every single person who receives from God through God-ordained means to have that gratitude to give glory to God and give thanks to the vessel of God that God uses in their lives is very important. Every single person is obligated for that. Now you see here, one comes back to show that gratitude. Glory to God. Give thanks to the vessel of God. One came back. Jesus asked, where are the nine? Where are the nine? May God look at you. Like he looked at this one person who came back and say, the rest of them then come. The rest of them then come to glorify God. This is how God wants to give glory to God. This is how God wants to be glorified. When you do it God's way. Yes, after this, this guy would have definitely gone to the temple to offer the offering and sacrifices to God and show himself to the priest and then go back to his home. But he got first things first. He got it right. He ran to Jesus and he came and told him, Jesus, I came to you. This is what happened. I got healed. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. What God did. Thank you, Jesus, because you brought that healing to me. That's the right way. That is the right way to give glory to God. Not just sit some corner and say, I thank God. God knows I got healed and God healed. And the pastor just did his job and the prophetess just did her job and, and uh, whoever did their job. And well, God healed. God is the healer. So I thank God for my house. Well, that's not right. God will look at you and say, where were you? How come you didn't have a, grateful heart how come there's no gratitude inside of you how come you're so ungrateful how come you're not with that one percent how come you're like this you can go to the temple and you can offer whatever it is and sacrifice and whatever it is but god sees that too but he says no no this is what pleases me this is what pleased jesus christ and because it was so important he brought it out in a big way, Jesus Christ. He made a big deal out of it because it is a big deal. 
It just shows where a person's heart is. That's the truth. Every single one here. To be people who have true love for God, not self-centered people, with no natural affection for God, with no gratitude, true gratitude, but to have that real, genuine love for God and also genuine gratitude for God and give glory to God in a God-honoring way. In a God-honoring way. And Jesus didn't tell him, well, once you get healed, make sure you come in, uh, tell me that you got healed and say thank you to me, okay? He didn't say that. Why? Because it should come spontaneously from within. And when he came, Jesus asked, where are the nine? And he's put this as a lesson here so every believer who reads it will get it if they don't have it spontaneously inside of them. Worship that is pleasing to God. Glorifying God in a way that God will be glorified. A testimony is not a real testimony unless it is done the way God says it is. So it is important for us to understand this. I didn't come prepared to speak on this. This is not something that I thought I should speak or Pastor Pradeep thought we should speak. No, God bears witness to it. As I came here and prayed right in front of you before I spoke, God gave this word and the spirit of God has been speaking to us all along. And God bears witness at this hour to what he is speaking. So it's important for us to understand the scriptures. We need to be people of the word. Our lives should reflect the word of God. Not the way that I think it's right and I think and I feel. Nobody cares what you think, what I think and what you feel and what I feel. No. The word of God will judge us the last day. The word that Jesus said he spoke will judge us the last day. So if that word is being given to us morning and night, and if that word is given to us to heal us, to deliver us, then it is important for us to see what we must do in order to become inheritors of the blessings of God that God has. And once he blesses us, be among the one person crowd that is grateful that has gratitude, and not be among the majority who are ungrateful. God is not happy about that. That's why Jesus says this. Let's read verse 16. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. That means he was different from the rest of the people. The rest of the people probably were Jews. He's saying, this foreigner... He got it right. His heart is so tender. Nobody needs to tell him. It is important to give glory to God for what God has done. And it's important, equally important, to thank the vessels of God God has used in your life if you would have received anything from them. It's important. When you get healed, it's important to let them know that you got healed. If the servant of God prayed for a job for you, you need to let them know when you get the job. If they pray for anything for you, you need to let them know. And I thank God for many of you 
even though I have difficulty with texting, so I don't reply, I just put this line for praying or this line for thank you or or this line for praise the Lord. From the time New Year's to now, I've received many, many praise reports from many of you who've already written that the prophecies that God spoke for the New Year is already taking place in my life. Many testimonies have already read. I thank God for what God is doing in your life and I and I'm happy to to see what God is doing in your life and and I'm thankful to God that you have grateful hearts to let the servant of God know what God is doing in your life as a result of what God is doing through God's servants. It's important. We must be like this Samaritan grateful heart. May God speak to your hearts this hour. Many of you have been surprised by God. Many of you have been given many good things from the hands of God, exactly according to the prophecy, that which was released through the servant of God in the spiritual realm to break those bondages and whatever was hindering, to release into you that which you did not have before. God did that. So as a result of that, what happens in the natural realm, when you trust God and when you believe and do that which God has told you to do, which came along with the prophecy and the counsel that was given to you through God's servants, what happens? Whatever the Lord said just starts happening. And every month, the prophecy God gives, monthly prophecy, we've seen many testimonies. Many of you here in our church, you text and you let us know. And God does something in your life. You give glory to God. You thank the servants of God, which is the right thing to do. It's the least every single person should do. This man traveled all the way back to Jesus Christ to thank him. Oh, by God's grace, we don't have to travel all the way from somewhere to reach the servants of God to let them know. No, you have a phone. You can write. You can let God's people know what God has done in your life. And give glory to God and thank the servants of God for what God has done through them in your life. Because it is the anointing of God that God has placed on their lives that is blessing you. It is the heavy price that they have paid and continue to pray in order to bear that anointing so that you can be blessed. So it costs them in order for you to have your joy, your peace, your healing, your deliverance and everything that you have put together. So it is important in the presence of God before God to have such grateful heart, to go and give glory to God and give glory to God for what God has done. Just like the man did in front of Jesus, he gave glory to God. And in front of Jesus, he thanked the Lord Jesus Christ for what he did for the Samaritan. Because that's what Jesus did. That's the truth. It's Jesus who healed him of his leprosy. God used Jesus and Jesus was there. Jesus had mercy on him and that's how he got healed. He realized that. That realization is very important. If we want God to bless us, we need to be people who are prepared. We need to prepare ourselves by stopping our ears from hearing whatever the enemy would say. By moving from where we are to where God wants us to be, being in the place where God is working. 
And by doing what God tells us to do through the servants of God, that God has placed in that place. And thereby receiving what God has promised for you. And when you receive it, it's important for you to give glory to God the way that God wants you to glorify him. By doing that which God has told you to do so that Jesus doesn't look at you and say, where were you? How come you're being so ungrateful? How come you can't even contact the vessels of God God has used in your life, your pastor or your prophet or whoever God uses, whichever part of the world it may be in your life? Be grateful to let them know. Not just, I'm informing you, I got my job. No, no. You're not here to inform. No, if you received any good thing from the vessels of God, you come and you give glory to God for what the Lord has done for you through them. And you thank them for what God has done for you through them because it came through them. God expects this. Is your pastor here placed by God under the anointing of God? I'm teaching you this today because the spirit of God wants our church to be educated and equipped in the knowledge of God that comes from his word of God. What pleases God is something that every believer should know. And this is something that pleases God. And when this is not done, it displeases God. What displeases God, every believer should know. And when ungratefulness is there, when someone fails to give glory to God in the way that God wants and to be thankful to the vessels of God that God has used in their lives, if it's absent, it displeases God. Jesus was displeased here. He says, where are the nine? Where they're not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Look at this grief here. May this not be said of anyone here. And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. What a beautiful statement it is. This is blessing. Every time Jesus speaks, speaks his blessing over his people. This guy came to just show his gratitude to Jesus and Jesus says, get up. Your faith has made you well. In addition to God highlighting his gratitude and his grateful heart and commending him for it, he says, your faith has made you well. He had faith. He had gratitude. It's a very beautiful combination. It's not just faith to get what I want to get and, and I just become a self-centered monster. No. And what we get from God is to lay it at his feet and give it back to him so that he can take that and he can multiply it even more. And he can put it to use in our lives so that it can become beneficial to the kingdom of God. And now, this guy, after he got healed and after he saw Jesus, he wouldn't have stopped there. He'd have gone back and he would have told everybody in his town what Jesus did for him. That's a grateful heart. Not only that, that's a heart that we want others to know. The same way 
healing came to him through someone who said, Jesus is coming. He come here, this town, he's coming. He's going to pass by the side, come here. And they all came. Now he will become a blessing to others. God is speaking to our hearts today. It is important. It is important. It is important for us to prepare ourselves for that which God has for us. And it's even more important for us to acknowledge what God has given after receiving from his hands to have this nature that God is looking for that is absent in many people because they take it and they become self-centered, selfish people. They do the bare minimum, which is come. You know, for some people, they think when they get healed, they can just come one time to church and do like a, you know, service. Okay, formally, I came to church, I've done my duty. Well, you're doing yourself a disservice. Church is a place for you to grow. Church is a place where you can be fed. Church is for you. Church is for you. You come to church for yourself. You're not coming to church for the pastor. Or you're not coming to church to tell God, oh God, I'm just coming because um, you healed me, so I'm just being here because I'm doing you a favor. Shame on us if we think that way. We're coming to the house of God for ourselves so that God can prepare us so we can meet him face to face. We're coming to the house of God so that God can fill us so that we can live a victorious life on earth. We're coming to the house of God so that God can pour into us so that we don't live a defeated life. We're coming to the house of God so that God can train us so we don't get duped by the devil. We're coming to the house of God for our sakes. We're coming to the house of God so we can become blessings for God's kingdom. We have to understand this is why we come to the house of God. This is why we must come to the house of God. And God's word says, do not forsake yourselves. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves as some people did. God is in my house. I can sit and pray in my house. At that point, you're violating the scriptures that are in the word of God. You assume the role of a pastor you assume the role of a prophet you assume the role of an evangelist you assume the role of a pro- of an apostle you assume the role of the teacher you assume the role of everything that god has placed and say i am sufficient here and i stay at home and god will hear me oh it will not happen that way the devil will be there he'll be there to hear whatever you say and keep you bound more and longer Humility is your first step and your every step to success, spiritually, materially, in every way. If that humility is not there in submitting to God-ordained authority and following God-ordained means, if it is not there, we can sit where we want all the days of our lives and think that we have what we don't have. Think that we know what we don't know and live in deception and live in delusion. It is important to know where God has placed us. It is important to know where God wants us to be. It is important for us to know where God wants us to be. If it is the Bethesda, we need to be there. If it is to go meet Jesus Christ, we need to do that. Wherever God wants us to be, you need to know. Just like 
uh, when we talk to people, they'll ask these questions. What's your name? What's your date of birth? What's your home address? These are important questions. Same thing goes for your spiritual life too. What is your spiritual name? What is your standing with God? Very important. Do you know that you're born in the family of God? And then, what is your spiritual address? Do you have the house of God? Do you have a family of God? Do you belong to the spiritual family of God? Do you belong to the body of Jesus Christ? Do you have an address? Do you know where God has placed you? Do you have spiritual parents? Do you belong to the place that God has for you? Do you know your Bethesda? Do you know where you're supposed to be? These questions are very important. We need to know the answers for them. Otherwise, we'll be thinking that we have the answers when we don't. We'll be thinking that we have the solution when we don't. We'll be thinking we know everything when we actually don't. God is speaking to us today. If we want to be what God wants us to be, if we want to become what God wants us to become, then we must do that which God wants us to do, which will benefit our souls. As we close our eyes and look to the Lord at this hour, I want you to take this time in the presence of God. And as the Apostle Paul says, examine yourselves, see where you are. Do you know your God? Do you know the word of God? Do you know your address? What is your address when God looks at you and he asks you this question? Where's your house? Where's your address? Who are your parents? Are you in the place where I want you to be? Are you a sheep that is within the fold? Jesus and if you are in the fold are you eating that which has been given to you are you grazing with the field that God has appointed for you God is speaking to our hearts at this hour thank you Jesus thank you Jesus When the word of God comes to heal you, to deliver you, are you taking it seriously? Are you blocking every other voice that is not of God? Are you preparing yourself to receive that which God has for you by rejecting everything that comes from the enemy? By moving away from where you need to, moving closer to where you need to, by going to where God wants you to, by being where God wants you to be and receiving what God wants you to receiving to receive by doing what God wants you to do. Hallelujah. And when God does something for you, do you glorify the Lord the way God has prescribed it to be? Do you come and glorify God? You thank the vessels of God. God has 
used in your life every time you receive something from God Almighty through God ordained vessels would, would not have come if it was not for the vessels God has placed in your life thank you Jesus may the understanding deepen deepen at this hour thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the multitude of blessings that you have given at this hour. Even within the few weeks, Lord, in this new year, you've done so much, so much, and you continue to amaze us. We praise you. Thank you for what you did this Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for what you did during the New Year's week, Lord. Thank you for what you did on the second week, Lord. Thank you for what you've been doing during our Bible studies, Father. Thank you for what you've been doing in our homes, in our bodies and our minds and our finances and our workplaces and the lives of your people so much you've done father we praise you praise you praise you praise you praise you thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus as you serve and pronounce your blessings upon your people that they may get a deeper understanding of the truth that they may no longer be shallow Father, in their thinking. Lord, that they may grow the way that God wants them to be, each one. Deeper understanding, Father, of your truths. That each one in this church may become like that. One man that came back and glorified God and thanked the Lord Jesus Christ. And not be like the nine who brought grief to Jesus Christ. I pray that you will continue to do a mighty work in your people. And thank you for, thank you for what you're doing in our midst, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Continue to bless your people. And I pray that you will do greater, greater works and wonders in the lives of your people in the days to come. Father, I know there are many more testimonies that are yet to be shared and which will be shared in the next few weeks oh lord i thank you for all that you've done you've done so much so much so much father we thank you thank you lord i pray that you continue to cover your people with your precious blood cover every single one here and cover their families with your precious blood and i pray that the glory of god may be revealed in the lives of every single one here we give you glory we give you honor we give you praise in jesus most precious name i pray Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon us and bless us with His peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all, now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen.
Tschüss.